0: This is Doug Hastings, Vice President of Moody Radio, and we're thankful for support from our listeners and businesses like United Faith Mortgage. My best friend is blessed with three kids and a big house. All the kids have their own rooms, but recently, life in that big old house has been different. In an effort to solve kid boredom, my friend bought one of those massive blue tarps and created a full room tent in the spare bedroom. They put each of the kids' mattresses under the tent in the shape of a tea. And every night, for now five weeks, the kids have slept with their heads feet apart instead of rooms apart. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And when I see a home, I can't help but see interest rates, escrows, and trying to help listeners pay the least amount possible. But for me, that story was a needed reminder that it doesn't matter whether our homes are big or small. It only matters whether we're willing to enjoy the little things that God gave us today, like a tarp tent. If you happen to be looking for a new place to put up a tarp of your own, we are United Faith Mortgage.
2: What's the most published and most read book in history containing more than 2300 references to money and is worth more than its weight in gold? Well, I think you already know the answer. Hi, I'm Rob West, and of course, we're talking about the Bible. Every speck of wisdom in this world is found within its pages, and we'll dive into that today, including a few verses sometimes overlooked from a financial perspective. Then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000, 800-525-7000. This is Money Wise Live, where God's Word guides our every financial move. So let's start in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 27, where Jesus says, "'Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid.'" Peace to you was a common salutation among Jews in the first century A.D., and it's repeated often throughout the New Testament. Uh, Jesus means that true peace comes from knowing that we're reconciled with God through faith in Him. But what does that have to do with money? Well, what peace does the world have to offer except money and materialism? And what is perhaps the most common fear we have in this world? Well, not having enough money, of course. Jesus tells us that by focusing on God, everything we need in this world will be added to us. But when we rely on our own power to provide, the world can be a scary place. We have to be reminded constantly that God owns everything, that He is our provider, not just of wealth, but even in our skills and abilities to acquire it. Uh, Deuteronomy 8.18 reads, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the power to get wealth, that He may confirm His covenant that He swore to your fathers as it is this day a uh, covenant is a promise and God always keeps his promises. Of course, we have to do our part. Uh, this is found in Proverbs 12:11, Whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. Or Proverbs 14:23, In all toil there is profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. Uh, how about proverbs 12:24 the hand of the diligent will rule while the slothful will be put to forced labor uh, those verses are pretty straightforward but sometimes people are confused by this one ecclesiastes 5:3 which has a similar message For a dream comes with much business and a fool's voice with many words. Now, a common interpretation is that diligence when conducting our business during the day will lead to peaceful dreams while idle talk accomplishes nothing. So we must work heartily wherever we feel God calling us and he will provide the rest. Believing that leads to contentment. Of course, we're to use our brains as well as our hands when we work. We should plan carefully in all that we set out to do, whether that's earning, saving, or giving. In Luke 14, Jesus tells us to consider carefully the cost of discipleship. But it's a message we can apply to all areas of our life, including how we manage our money. Jesus says, For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build. And was not able to finish. And of course, as witnesses for Christ, we must be totally honest in all that we do. Psalm 37 tells us, better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. Now, in Luke 16, 8 and 9, we find a passage that seems to contradict that and confuses many people. Uh, there, Jesus tells us, for the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. Now, is Jesus telling us to acquire wealth dishonestly? Absolutely not. He's saying that worldly people often use their money to further worldly pursuits, even more effectively than believers use money to further God's kingdom. And Who are those friends we're to make with our wealth? One common understanding is that Jesus is telling us to use worldly wealth to care for the poor. In Matthew 25, he talks about separating the sheep and goats on Judgment Day. Jesus says, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. When we care for the poor, we're caring for Jesus himself. Well, that's our short Bible study today on earning money, and we hope you found it useful. I'm Rob West, your calls are next at eight hundred five two five seven thousand. This is Money Wise Live, where God's financial principles shine a light on our path. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Money Wise Live. I'm Rob West. Just ahead, we'll be taking your calls and questions today, applying God's truth to whatever you're dealing with financially today. We have lines open. Here's the number, 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. Whether it's saving or giving, perhaps you're wrestling with how much you need to save for the longer term. Maybe it's that credit score that's tripping you up or how to pay off that debt. Perhaps you want to do more giving and you're looking for some ideas on ways to maximize your giving dollars. Whatever's on your mind today, we want to apply the principles of God's word to whatever you're dealing with financially. Here's the number again, 800-525-7000. Before we take your calls, uh, an exciting day here at Moneywise. Uh, why you ask? Well, I'd be glad to to tell you, uh, we launched the MoneyWise app seven months ago. And um, after a couple of years of work from a dedicated team of developers, I believe uh, we put out the very best digital envelope system on the market, plus the MoneyWise community, all of the MoneyWise episodes in your pocket, plus our Discover tab with the best content and Christian finance from the leading voices all in one place. It's a free download from your app store. It's called Money Wise Biblical Finance, and it's in the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. There's also a web app if you'd rather use it that way. Well, the exciting part is we've had a huge response, but today is the day, I believe, I'm very confident of this, that we will cross 10,000 registered users, because according to my dashboard I have right in front of me, and this updates in real time, when you have a Team of developers, everything updates in real time. Uh, we have nine hundred, excuse me, nine thousand nine hundred and ninety-three users of the MoneyWise app today. Now these are folks who have downloaded the app, but then they've also created their free account in the app as well. So here's the thing: when we cross ten thousand, the ten thousandth user will get a pro subscription to the MoneyWise app for a year, just as our gift to you. So go download it today. Maybe you'll be number ten thousand. Head over to your app store right. Now, just search for Moneywise. Biblical Finance. Download it, create your free account, and we'll see who is user number 10,000. All right. Hey, let me mention one other quick thing before we start to take your calls today, and that is uh, we're here at the end of April, and uh, when the end of the month rolls around, just like you have to true up your budget, we do the same here at MoneyWise Media. As you might imagine, we live on a strict budget. And um, we're a little bit behind for this month, because as you may not know, uh, MoneyWise is entirely listener-supported. So, if you uh, would consider prayerfully becoming a partner of ours here at Moneywise Media, we would be grateful. We rely on your support to bring you the app and this broadcast and all of our coaches and CKAs and everything we do on the web uh, is uh, brought to you by your faithful support. So here's how you give. Uh, Just head over to MoneyWiseLive.org, click the Donate button at the top of the page and we would certainly be grateful. All right, we're going to take your calls today. 800-525-7000. We've got a few lines open. 800-525-7000. In just a moment we'll head to Chattanooga and uh, talk about where to invest some savings. But first, Jose's in Cal California and Jose, you're on MoneyWise Live. What's your question?
0: Hi, yes. Thank you for taking my call. I had a question. So I have a 401k at work. I used to have it in the regular traditional 401k, which is tax deferred. Mm-hmm. Now I recently transferred it to in the same job where I'm at, but into a 401 Roth. Uh, is that recommended that I do that, or should I just transfer it back to the regular traditional, which is the tax deferred 401k?
2: Yeah. Well, I like the the Roth uh, version of either the 401k or the IRA. Uh, it, most importantly, if you're young, you've got time on your side. Uh, You have the ability to let this money grow uh, after having paid the tax on the front end, have it grow tax-free. And then in retirement, you're not going to have to pull it out like with a required minimum distribution. You will also, uh, regardless of where the tax code goes, if we have much higher tax rates down the road, you won't have to worry about that because you've already paid tax on it and all the gains – is uh, is going to come out tax-free. Uh, now, the only issue is just that when you made that transition, you triggered a taxable event. Uh, I believe you have 60 days to put that back, but I would check with your tax preparer just to make sure that you do that properly because, again, that money going into the traditional IRA uh, allows you to take a deduction on it. If you were to convert it or transfer it uh, to a Roth equivalent, Uh, that generates a taxable event in the year of the transfer. And so I just want to make sure that you get the tax side of it right. But even if you were to leave it there, you've got the option as for new contributions, whether uh, you want to keep funding that Roth or you want to have the traditional or both. And there's a case to be made about actually funding both because that gives you then two pools of money to choose from, depending upon what's going on in our economy and the market, more importantly, in the tax code and in your life financially, you know, when you get to retirement. And I didn't ask your age, but let's say that's 20 or 30 years down the road, maybe less, but regardless, you'd have the option. So, um, you know, I think I would probably stick with the Roth at this point, um, you know, as you make future contributions moving forward. Does that make sense, though, Jose? Yes. Thank you very much. Okay. God bless you, sir. We appreciate your call. Uh, We've got five lines open uh, 800 525 7000. Let's head to Chattanooga, Tennessee and talk with Scott. What's on your mind today, sir?
3: Hey, Rob. Thanks for taking my call today. I just had a question. We've got our house we bought 18 months ago, roughly uh, our fourth move in seven years. (laughs) But uh, we've got got it at a pretty good price, and now the market's gone crazy here in Chattanooga. So we've got about a hundred thousand in equity. Let's see what we could list it for. But um, we have uh, we want to do some home improvements. We're trying to decide whether to make it our forever home. We do probably want to downsize in about five years. But my main question is: so I've got forty thousand dollars sitting in the bank, collecting no interest. It's kind of our uh, Dave Ramsey uh, emergency fund, six month fund, sure. um, which would which would probably be about twenty five thousand of that. And then we got fifteen thousand, play with if you're going by the Dave Ramsey rule, but um, I just wondering. My main question is: Would you take out a home equity loan um, to do uh, maybe twenty to twenty to thirty thousand worth of improvements, or would you use that nest egg, or how's the best way to go about um, that situation? Yeah. I guess.
2: Well, it's a great question, Scott. So you said you had forty thousand socked away. If you were to uh, follow the six months worth of reserves, you think that's uh, that's twenty five thousand? Is that right?
3: Yes, roughly, yeah. That's okay. a pretty good number, yeah.
2: Okay, all right. And so that would obviously leave you about 15, and you don't think that quite would cover the home improvements?
3: No, we're looking at doing the, the master bath, which would be, we got an estimate of about ten to 12000 Then we'd also like to do the kitchen, which I would imagine would be at least that much more. Um, oh, yeah. That leaves yeah. me another question. Is You know, you wonder, if the, with the housing market so high, our health's going up 100000 It's like, if we did a new bathroom and a new kitchen, like would that actually add straight value? Like could we list it for most of the time you get all your money back from that, like could we list it for thirty thousand more in, in four or five years or I mean, uh, yeah. what, what's your thoughts on just improvements overall? Should you only do it if it's your forever home or if you're gonna you know, um, so sorry, that's that's a lot no, of No, that's okay.
2: So let's <laughs> tackle that and then we'll we'll circle back to the uh, kind of how you fund all of this. You know, I think there's a couple of thoughts here. I mean, you never get a hundred percent back on any improvements, and uh, bathrooms and kitchens certainly would be included in that. Um, So if you're thinking of moving, you know, in less than five years, I would say three to five years, I would be careful. Now, you know, I hesitate to say don't proceed with either of these, because they are going to add some value, and obviously you're going to enjoy them in the meantime. But what you're going to find is, especially with today's construction prices, because so many people coming off of COVID didn't travel, they increased their savings and their investments in their homes so contractors are overrun with work and prices have gone up but lumber's up everything's pretty much up so you know I think uh, a new kitchen's probably starting at uh, you know 25 to 30,000 and then goes up from there uh, for most folks and then you put a bathroom on top of that I think you could easily spend you know 40 to 50,000 all in and you know I would be hesitant in putting that kind of money into a home that you think you're gonna sell in a short period of time, if you said, you know what, we maybe this isn't our forever home, but we think we're here for the foreseeable future, at least ten years, I would say, yeah, you know, put that money in and enjoy it, and you're going to get, you know, a good bit of that back. Certainly not all of it, but that plus the appreciation, you know, is going to allow you to do well. Uh, three to five years, I'm going to be questioning whether or not you put that kind of money in. Uh, you know, one of the things we did is we actually painted our cabinets in our kitchen rather than putting all new cabinets in. You could put in some new countertops and paint the cabinets, depending on what you have. And, you know, there's a, a way to kind of lighten it up and freshen it up and, you know, feel like you have something new without putting that kind of major investment into a home that you're getting ready uh, to move out of. So I think bottom line is I'd be cautious and probably careful on what you spend, given that, um, you know, you're probably selling, uh, you know, here in, in a short order. Uh, in terms of where you go with the money, I mean, I'd be comfortable with you pulling that down to less than six months, let's say you pull it down to three to four months expenses, you pay for it out of cash, maybe you dial back the scope of the work given what we were just talking about, uh, rather than taking on that home equity loan. The key is going to be, you know, are do you have some margin on a monthly basis that you're adding to savings or are you living right up to the edge every month?
3: Margin. Yeah, fairly, fairly decent
2: margin. Yeah. All right. How much are you putting away in savings every month roughly?
3: Uh, you know, I guess the ballpark could probably be, um, you know, probably around a thousand to fifteen hundred, uh, and I'm starting to work more now. So, okay, yeah, yeah. probably fifteen hundred a month.
2: Yeah. Okay, great. Well, I think that's the key. That if you're putting a thousand to fifteen hundred, I'd probably proceed uh, paying this out of cash. Don't take on any new debt. Uh, be really careful about what you, uh, you know, how much money you put in the home. Given what we just said a moment ago and uh, that way you're, at, you're not adding an, an additional payment. Let's be really careful to budget your resources wisely so that you've got uh, plenty of margin there moving forward, maybe even dial back some expenses. Hope that helps, my friend. We appreciate you checking in with us. This is MoneyWise Live. We'll be right back. Welcome back to MoneyWise Live. I'm Rob West. So glad to have you along with us today. Well, we've already had uh, several folks already register their MoneyWise app. I can report we are 2 away. We have 9,998 registered users. So if you want to go download the MoneyWise app, you can do that in your app store at uh, the Google Play Store, the Apple App Store. Just search for MoneyWise Biblical Finance. User number 10,000 is going to get a one-year pro subscription, and so we'd be glad to have you uh, join us in that. Hey, let's go back to the phones. In just a moment, we're going to be talking about how to donate stock to MoneyWise. Wise. Uh, also, what do you do about tithing when it comes to uh, – transitioning to a new church if god is taking you elsewhere what do you do with that tithe diane wants to ask about that but first sterling alaska charles you're next on money wise live go ahead sir
4: yeah thanks for taking my call rob so i'm looking at refinancing uh, the house i live in um currently on a 4.89 and uh they're offering me a 2.895 i dropped you around you guys turned me on a nerd wallet had a couple yeah. come back from there and uh I bank with Wells Fargo, and they just have some member benefits. I think I'm going to wind up going with them because they just lower closing costs and about the same percentage. They just uh, tell me, I can buy my interest rate down for 2.895 to a 2.0 if I purchase points, and then it's going to be like $8,000. I think I'll have lower closing costs with Wells, but you know, I don't know about these points. Um, I don't know if it would show on the amortization table which is the best route to go. Is $8,000 worth? Is it was 0.895 worth $8,000 over a 15-year note?
2: Yeah, I'm going to s-
4: note, Which was a mistake.
2: Okay. Well, I'm glad to hear you're shortening the term. I'm glad to hear you're shopping this uh, this new uh, mortgage, Charles. That's the right thing to do. Most people only get one quote. I'm going to say get at least three. And I'm glad you're looking at NerdWallet. Uh, bankrate.com would be another. Um, you know, buying down points can make some sense in certain conditions. Uh, you have to have the money on hand to do it. A lot of folks roll that into the mortgage, which you can, but that's going to take away some of the benefit. And, you know, depending on how much cash on hand you have. That may or may not, you know, be something that's advisable because it may put you in a situation where you've depleted some of your emergency funds or something like that. I, I wouldn't be tempted to put you know down less than twenty percent just so you can Uh, pay points. Um, The other thing is you've got to look at how long you're planning on staying in the home. Typically, you need to stay there quite a while. And, you know, even with a 15-year note, um, it's probably going to come out better in the long run. It can take, you know, generally up to eight years or more to recoup the cost of buying down the points before you're, quote, in the money through the savings that you realize each month, On um, the lower interest rate. So I think the way to really compare apples to apples here, Charles, is to get the amortization schedules uh, for both loans just to compare the total interest paid on one versus another, and then weigh that against number one, are you going to come out of pocket for the cash? And what does that do to your cash cash position? Uh, Number two, you know, do you generally believe that uh, uh, you're going to be in this home until the loan is paid off? And if so, that's great. I mean, obviously, Nobody knows what the future holds, and so there could be a change of plans. But at least based on everything you know today, you're going to want to be sure that you're there uh, plenty long enough to justify you laying out the cash for this so that you can reap the benefits down the road. And then it just becomes a math equation at that point. But you know, regardless, this is a great uh, interest rate the bank is offering, and if you're getting 2.5 with really low closing costs, I'd be tempted to go in that direction. But uh, you can always, you know, ask for the schedules and compare the numbers and see which comes out ahead. You may be able to save yourself uh, several thousand dollars as long as you're willing to stay in this home between now and the end. Does that make sense?
4: It does. Thank you. Yeah, we will be keeping it home forever, probably. It's a great of okay. in property.
2: Yeah. So uh, ask for those amortization schedules, compare those numbers and see which comes out better. It sounds like you've got a couple of great options there either way. We appreciate you checking in with us today. Hey, just around the corner, more of your questions, donating stock, how to tithe when you're between churches, that and your question on MoneyWise Live, the number 800-525-7000. This is where biblical wisdom meets today's financial decisions. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to Money Wise Live. So glad to have you along with us today, taking your calls and questions as we apply God's truth to your financial life. Just ahead, we're going to be talking about investing in Bitcoin. We'll talk about long-term care insurance premiums that continue to rise. We'll also talk about donating stock. But first, to Cleveland, Ohio. Diane, you're between churches and wondering about your tithe. Is that right? Yes. Go right ahead. Uh
5: During the pandemic, our church closed like so many others did. Mm. Uh, We had a very small congregation, about 10 people, and we were worshiping in a senior citizens complex. Yes. Well, it seems like they may not open that back up to us again. Yes. And there are no plans as of yet as to what we're going to do. So I'm looking for another church. And what I've been doing is um, I've been visiting a church that I like. Uh, I also do church on TV, okay. But more so now, um, as the churches are opening back up, I'm going out. Um, so where am I tithing? What I've been doing is just tithing wherever I'm. I get the word.
2: Yes. Yes. I like that, Diane. First of all, I'm sorry to hear about your church. I can certainly understand how that would be the case, especially given the location you were meeting and just needing to be really wise about the safety of the residents in that home. Uh, I would encourage you to continue to diligently look for your church home as it's safe for you uh, to do that. We all need to be in fellowship with other believers, and certainly doing church online was a, a great stopgap, if you will, during a really difficult period during the pandemic. But as uh, things begin to open up and People are able to move about more freely. Um, I love that you're looking for where God is going to plant you next. Now, with regard to your tithe, this is phenomenal because obviously you want to honor the Lord in your giving. I certainly affirm that. I think Scripture clearly affirms that. As to where to give, I think that's between you and the Lord. What you're doing is right in line with Galatians six. 6. Let the one who has taught the Word share all good things with the one who teaches. And that's exactly what you've been doing. So that could look like tithing as you're visiting these churches. Maybe take what God has entrusted to you through your increase for that week and give to that local fellowship, and continue doing that as you visit around. Or you could tithe to ministries where you're being fed God's Word online or elsewhere. Um, So I think any of those are great. God certainly knows your heart. It's not about the money, but it's about giving generously and obediently. I love the systematic giving of the tithe, the principle of the tithe, a tenth to where you're being fed your local church, which is God's plan A. So I would say just keep on doing what you're doing, Diane, and I'm confident the Lord will show you where you're supposed to head next uh, very, very soon. We appreciate you checking in with us today. To Willoughby, Ohio, Dave, uh, what's on your mind today?
1: Well, we've been uh, blessed with an emergency fund uh, that's all set. Uh, Retirement's on path. Uh, We've attempted, uh, after listening to you, to give stock to our church that went well, awesome. and we want to give stock to uh, uh, MoneyWise Live, and I can't figure that out on on the website. So well, we I, need to I'd make, make to that uh, so got money your way.
2: That's incredible, Dave. Well, first of all, let me just say thank you on behalf of our team here at uh, Moody Radio and MoneyWise Media. We are so grateful. Uh, for your generous heart. And I'm so delighted to hear the Lord has used His principles that we teach in your life uh, for you to be able to get on a stronger financial footing. And, and this is the goal, for you to be able to give more generously as a result of that. Uh, I also need to address the fact that you couldn't find that information. Maybe we need to make that more prominent on the website, if it's even there at all. But let me answer your question. You know what, I love the idea of giving stock, especially in a market like this. You know, giving appreciated securities or or other assets, be it real estate, even a business interest. Maybe you've been uh, inherited a piece of art. You know, Rather than, uh, in some cases, like with appreciated stock, paying tax on it and then giving the after-tax dollars, why not give it first, right? And the charity or ministry gets the blessing of the full amount. You get a bigger tax deduction, which then in turn creates uh, more resources for you to give away. <laughs> and that's the way this virtuous cycle works, if you will. Um, what you're probably going to do, and I'm going to Give you an email address to connect with our team here in just a minute. We'll walk you through every step. Probably just make that gift right into our donor advised fund uh, of MoneyWise Media at the National Christian Foundation. It's going to be a simple transfer over, and as soon as the assets are received, um, our team will liquidate them and we'll put that right into circulation in the ministry for the great things God is doing here. So it's going to be a simple transfer, and we'll walk you through every step of the way. So I want you to just email info at moneywise.org, info at moneywise.org, Dave, and we'll help you with every step. Does that sound good? That sounds wonderful, and God bless. All right. Thank you, sir. Grateful for you, and uh, tell your wife we appreciate it as well. Thanks for your call today. Uh, Folks, if you'd like to do that as well, I started the show by saying here at the end of April, uh, we're a little behind where we need to be for this month. We would be grateful for any gift at MoneyWiseLive.org. Just click the Donate button. Or if, like Dave, you wanted to give uh, some appreciated stock, that would be helpful as well. Uh, Just contact our team, info at MoneyWise.org. On to Spokane, Washington, Maryland. You want to talk about Bitcoin, huh?
5: Yes, thank you. Go right ahead. Well, I don't have the funds on hand at the moment, but um, what I've been hearing is that um, because of a future disastrous downturn in our economy, that um, if we don't take drastic measures and like even turning an IRA into Bitcoin or whatever, um, even... um, getting a loan in place of a mortgage, a portion of a mortgage or whatever, um, that is a life raft situation to buy Bitcoin. So I'm just wanting to get your take on that. Uh,
2: Yeah. You know, a couple of thoughts here, Marilyn, number one, um, You know, when it comes to Bitcoin as an investment, which a lot of people are talking about, asking about because of the the run-up that we've seen, uh, you know, I would stay away. It's been extremely volatile in a three-month span from October of 2017 to January of 2018. You know, the the volatility was at about 8%, uh, you know, in a very short period of time. And, you know, if we look at a longer span, we'll see obviously some wild swings in bitcoin. Um, I don't think, uh, you know, it's going away. The idea of cryptocurrencies is probably here to stay. Um, But in terms of, you know, taking a step back and looking at where we're at, I mean, clearly we have our challenges as a nation uh, when it comes to the debt that we've incurred and are continuing to occur incur and we need to deal with that Uh, you know could there be some sort of debt crisis you know coming down the road Uh, we've been there before we addressed it I think we would be able to navigate something like that as a nation you keep in mind um, we have the strongest economy in the world and uh, you know it continues to to grow and and flourish Um, we've got some challenges we've got to address but you know with a fiat currency that's backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government not backed by an underlying commodity like gold, Um, you know, I think we're relying on the ability of the United States to navigate whatever may come our way. And when our back's against the wall, we uh, generally make the decisions we need to make, even if they're difficult ones to get through a crisis we've been there before i believe we'll do it again so if it's me i would just stay the course following biblical principles living within your means saving giving and i keep my money uh, right there in the u.s dollar in your investments and in your savings accounts that's just me but that'd be the approach that i'd take we appreciate your call today marilyn god bless you we're going to pause we'll be right back stay with us Welcome back to Money Wise Live, where God's Word intersects with your financial decisions. Up ahead, we'll be talking about... Uh, Long term care policies that continue to see premium increases. We'll also hear from Brian, who's been listening to the program since Larry Burkett, wants to challenge you to teach on these principles in your church, especially now during the pandemic. But first, on Mondays, we have a brand new segment that we're really excited about. It's the MoneyWise Market Commentary. My good friend and industry veteran, Bob Dahl, who uh, is known for his weekly market commentary, his 10 annual predictions, and just his His genuine genuine acumen when it comes to the markets and the economy is something we so appreciate here on the program. He also loves the Lord and brings biblical principles to bear under everything he shares. Bob, great to have you with us today.
0: My privilege.
2: Bob, uh, tell us, uh, you know, last week, as we look back for a second before we look forward, uh, we saw a, a slight decline, actually, a first in five weeks, huh?
0: Yeah, it was uh, interesting to see four weeks up in a row, which hadn't happened for almost a year. But they're cross-currents, Rob. Um, yeah. You know, on the, on the positive side, you've got this amazing amount of stimulus, support from central banks, optimism about the vaccines, economy improving and about to take off, strong corporate earnings. And you might say, well, what's wrong with that picture? Well, right. you also have people worrying is growth peaking out? Um, the progress overseas around the vaccine, some t- uh, tax issues, uh, might we have a tax increase, sentiment maybe is too bullish, and valuations are not cheap. So you got this tug of war, and we're probably going to get see more mixed weeks, some up, some down.
2: Bob, looking forward, obviously, a lot of what is expected in this phenomenal growth as the economy restarts is already priced into the market. How do we account for that in the near term?
0: Yeah, you know, that is definitely an issue on the, uh, the bears would say, everybody knows the good news, what can happen from here? And I yeah. think that is uh, something to pay attention to. Now, I don't want to get bearish because when you have this sort of stimulus – is about to launch absolutely amazing economic and earnings growth, that's not going to make stocks go down. It might stretch how long they can continue to go higher, Rob, because as you just pointed out, a lot of people know these things. So I think we're more in a territory now where it's going to be uh, two steps forward instead of just one step back, maybe two steps back, and we're just going to meander around in this market for a while.
2: Yeah. Uh, Obviously, when we're invested, Bob, as you talk about often, we're invested for the long haul, even though we're talking about what happened last week and what we might see over the coming year. We're focused far beyond that when it comes to our long-term investment assets. We need to invest based on a plan. We stay the course. But you're expecting, because of what you just described, modest growth as opposed to what we've seen the last couple of years, huh?
0: Yeah, or, or even the last five or ten years we we'll be yeah. spoiled to witness double-digit uh, returns in the stock market, even including that horrible period for a few months last year. I think returns for stocks and bonds the next five, ten years are going to be much lower than they've been the last five to ten years. So uh, uh, prudence is going to be uh, absolutely key.
2: Bob, this is really helpful. Let's finish today with inflation. What are your comments on what we might be seeing uh, on the horizon? Okay.
0: You know, so again, another tug of war. There are some people thinking uh, the the numbers are going to look bigger because of the compares versus the height of the pandemic last year. There are others uh, that think, and I'm in this category, that no, inflation's coming back some, not hyperinflation, but you know we've been at zero or one percent for a while. The Fed's been trying to get it up to two percent. My guess is their wish wish will come true, and then they may be not so sure they wished for that. So I think we'll have a little inflation to deal with. And that will obviously put some upward pressure on interest rates and maybe downward pressure on P.E. ratios for stocks. And therefore, back to this prudence doesn't mean you can't make money. It's just going to be a little harder. I love it.
2: Well, Bob, we appreciate you stopping by today. We'll look forward to having you back next week. In the meantime, God bless you, my friend. The same to you. All right. Bob Dahl joins us each Monday with our Moneywise Market Commentary. So appreciate his analysis and perspective that has been proven over decades on Wall Street. He'll be back next Monday. Let's continue with your questions today. Uh, Let's head to Longview, Texas. Tina, you want to talk about long-term care, I understand. What's on your mind?
1: Yes, I have a policy uh, that right now the benefits are unlimited uh, time in the nursing home. Uh, I had to take off the inflation protection of five yeah. percent, and two years ago to kind of get it down. And now they've come back, and they it's about three thousand five hundred and fourteen dollars for that policy uh, of unlimited time be- benefits. And they want to know if I want to maintain that, or I have two choices of staying in there three years with a compound of one percent, and one of them is one hundred and eight. 180-day facility elimination period, and then the 90-day nursing home care. But then it's $1,654, about half the price.
2: Yes, yes.
1: Well, what you're describing...
2: Sure. What you're describing has happened to some folks, and it's why I think you've got to be careful going into a policy, making sure you can afford it, plus some increases. Now, they can't increase uh, these policies on an individual policyholder, but they can uh, based on petitioning the insurance department of that state for all policyholders. And it's obviously based on the rising cost of health care. There are several ways to lower the premium. You mentioned several of them. You can shorten the benefit period. Uh, So you could consider a a three-year policy and then renew it when it expires. Um, you could look at uh, a longer elimination, which you mentioned. I think that's probably going to be your best option. Uh, this is the uh, the period before the policy takes effect. Usually it's 30 to 90 days. You can push that out. That's really going to help with that premium. And then reducing the daily benefit obviously will also uh, lower the premiums. You can also opt for a simple inflation protection instead of compound, but it sounds like you may have turned that off completely. The key here uh, Tina is that you do what you have to do to have as much protection to offset the risk as possible and yet still allow this to fit into your budget moving forward because if at some point you had to drop it it's just uh cost prohibitive obviously you'd lose the benefit of the policy altogether. So I'd probably start with the longer elimination and then uh, move from there. Again, the goal would be to get something that you can manage that fits into that spending plan. If you need help with that spending plan, don't hesitate to reach out to our MoneyWise coaches. Tina, uh, MoneyWiseLive.org. Just click Connect with a Coach. They'd be delighted to walk with you, and we appreciate your call today. Uh, Next up, Birmingham, Alabama, where I went to school at Sanford University. Brian's there. And, uh, Brian, I understand you've been listening to this program all the way back to our good friend Larry Burkett. Is that right?
1: that is correct, Rob.
2: Awesome. How can I help today?
1: I uh, just wanted to I- encourage you. I uh, think Larry would be well pleased with the transitions that have taken place over the years. And oh. hate to see Steve retire, but uh, yeah. you're doing a great job. Uh, <laughs> the you. other thing that I wanted to share, we, we've been leading uh, uh, Compass groups uh, for years in our yeah. church, and have been leading them also online uh, with the pandemic and would just encourage people that 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 is a resource if they want to do a deeper dive into God's word and uh, walk through uh, you know the budgeting process and 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 look at the word and what it has to say about all these things that uh, that you guys cover uh, each day that that that's available yes
2: Well, uh, Brian, first of all, yeah, let me just say thanks for your kind remarks. You know, uh, Larry was a hero of mine, as he was for so many, and so uh, your remarks mean a lot to me. I'm so delighted that God has used this program in your life. And, boy, I couldn't agree more about leaning in during this season— if God has equipped you to uh, you know really be interested in this topic, you've uh, studied on it, perhaps you've been through a, a Compass small group study or another study and you want to teach. Now is a great time to do it and as you said Brian, you can do it right there from your home. A lot of the Compass studies are now being conducted online through Zoom. Uh, so check out their website compass1.org. That's compass and the number 1. And uh, see if you might be trained to be a facilitator and perhaps can do either them virtually or maybe there in your local church. The other option is to become a Money Wise coach, which you can uh, do on our website, MoneyWiseLive.org. And uh, we'd be delighted to tell you how to do that. But Brian... Appreciate your ministry, my friend. I'm, I'm confident um, you're reaching a lot of folks there, especially during this season where they really need to hear God's truth as it relates to their finances, and we appreciate your calling today. Uh, Jay in Sarasota, just about a minute left. You're going to be our last caller on the broadcast today. How can we help you?
1: Yeah, well, I just sold a condo a month ago, and I have this large sum of money sitting in my checking account, not making any money, and I'm worried about it sitting there.
2: Yeah, uh, where? What are you doing with this money in the future? Do you have plans to buy something else? Uh, is this money you don't yeah, foresee using? No,
0: that's it? that's in addition to our monthly income.
1: That's our nest egg until God calls us home. In addition to our monthly income.
2: Okay. And what do you have? Uh, what were the proceeds? Uh, Two hundred thousand. Okay. And uh, are you needing to convert this into an income stream now to supplement your income, or is this truly surplus?
1: No, it's
0: it's surplus. It's on uh, our emergency money.
2: Okay, very good. You know, uh, because this money, if the Lord tarries and your health is good, you and your wife uh, could need to last for several decades, we want to put this money to work, I believe, in a way that's prudent given your season of life. So you're not wanting to speculate, take unnecessary risk, but you do want it to be growing, working for you. I could see probably a small percentage in stocks, Maybe as much as 30% if you were comfortable with that, the larger portion in fixed income. I'd connect with a certified kingdom advisor there in Sarasota, uh, probably two or three, interview them, find the one that's the best fit to deploy an income based conservative investment strategy. Just go to moneywiselive.org, click find a CKA. And if you have any other questions, give us a call back. Folks, thanks for joining us today on Moneywise Live, where God's Word is applied to your financial decisions. Want to say thank you to my amazing team producing Amy Rios, engineering Dan Anderson, Jim Henry on research, and Aaron Call screening today. Moneywise Live is a partnership between Moody Radio and Moneywise Media. Come back and join us tomorrow. God bless you.